The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. It's caught for a touchdown. You are now tuned in to the Roto experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. All right, welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Roto Experts in the Morning, Joe Galina, along with my buddy, George Kurtz, Sean Angle, producing our show, keeping us flying straight. How's it going there, George? We're talking uh, starting pitching. Starting pitching is important. I mean, Joe, when you draft, are you a uh, are you a starting pitching guy? You, uh, I mean, it used to be Joe when I used to play. Probably this changed. I would say once again, five, six, seven years ago, mm-hmm. I used to take one one starting pitcher maybe the first five rounds. Now it's at least two, and sometimes it could be more depending on who falls to me. Now I've I've I think I've grown up with pitching with starting pitching. You know, it used to be well, you know they only account for four of the five categories. Obviously, you're not going to get any saves from a starter, but now with the mm-hmm. uh, you know, a dearth of great pitching. I think you have to get at least one ace, if not two. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, I would like to get a starting pitcher within my first two picks, but uh, at the least, at least one within the first three rounds. And by the fifth round, I'd like to have at least two. And, uh, you know, it's become interesting that, you know, if if you wait, a couple of guys that, uh, that I end up uh, – you know, deciding whether or not to take is uh, Jamison Tayon from uh, uh, the Pirates or uh, Jack Flaherty comes up there, uh, you know, and then, then you have maybe Jose Berrios uh, in, the, in that little, uh, you know, turn there, probably like, you know, maybe in the third or fourth round. Uh, so, uh, but one guy that we didn't talk about, uh, we talked about Kershaw. Uh, what do you think about Bueller? Where does he fit in into your uh, tier? And do you think that he could take that giant leap forward uh, with the Dodgers next year? Bueller? Bueller? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an automatic. You can't help you yourself. Yes. Yeah, because the younger the younger generation has no idea what we're talking about. Uh, but that's fine. You know, watch a movie. Got to check it out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, stay off. Yeah, it's a fantastic, fantastic movie. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> probably my favorite uh, Matthew Broderick flick. Yeah, I'd have yeah, to agree game. with you. 
What else did he do? Well, he was good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still gonna go with uh, I'm, I'm gonna go with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. All right, as far as Bueller's concerned, um, <laughs> I think he's top. Tw- I think he's the top twenty guy for me. I think he's top twenty pretty easily for me. Uh, I do mm-hmm. like. Uh, I do worry with younger players. Is there gonna be a pitch limit on innings count later on uh, in the season? You know that sort of thing. There, I think the Dodgers could be careful with them sh- uh, if they choose. And what I mean by that is, you know, I'm not so sure how competitive this division is going to be. You know, for the Dodgers, where uh, Arizona's not the same team, right? San Diego's still rebuilding, quickly rebuilding, but still rebuilding. Uh, Giants, I don't think, are anywhere near. Colorado, are they ready to really compete for the division or just more the wild card again? Are they really ready to compete with the Dodgers? I don't know. I don't think so. You know, and I always hate the moves that the uh, Rockies make during the offseason. Uh, always, it's always strange to me here. So, um, I think the Dodgers could be careful with Bueller sh- uh, should they choose. But it's also for these reasons that I think Bueller becomes even more valuable. Because he's, he should have a very good year. He's a very good pitcher anyway. But he's in a yes. weaker division. It's it's not the National League East. You know, it's not the Central. You know, it's the West. It's still probably the worst division in uh, the National League. So uh, I like Bueller a bunch. He's a top 20 guy for me. I'm not afraid to add him. Would you feel comfortable if he was like your first pitcher off the board? Oh. You're, you're on uh, your team. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking, uh, I mean, comfortable. Probably not comfortable because, like I said, mm-hmm. I don't have him top ten. I have him top twenty, right? Which means he's probably going round four, round five. So uh, I mean, listen, it can easily happen that if for me to, for that to happen, it means oh man, these hitters fell to me, and I had no choice. You know, first round obviously, yeah, you took a hitter. Second round, you know, okay, maybe Lindor that fell to me in the third round, I had to grab him. You know, I, I could see it happening, yes, but it would not be my plan. You know, it mm-hmm. would not be my plan. You know, you're looking at him in uh, – like I, I have him top 20. I have him around guys like you mentioned Trevor Bauer earlier, you know, Patrick Corbin, uh, Blake mm-hmm. Snell. Uh, I have all around – I mean, I would like all these guys, but I like them all, Joe, as my number twos. You know, I'm hoping mm-hmm. I got, you know, the Carrasco, Severino, no, I'm the, obviously the great guys before that. I'm hoping I got one of those guys, and he's my number two. If he's my number one, it also almost means certainly that my next pick is also going to be a pitcher. Right. A uh, couple of guys in labor waited on pitching. Uh, you got uh, Paul Spora from Fran- Fangraphs, uh, but Jason Collette, they uh, waited till the fifth round uh, to take a pitcher, and they ended up with Zach Wheeler as the number one guy. Now, Zach Wheeler, man, he really came on late in the season. You know, it took him a while to kind of uh, heal fully from the, his Tommy John surgery. But I'll ask you the same thing I asked you about. Um, you know, uh, Bueller. I mean, what do you think about uh, the way that their team shaped out? Are you happy with maybe a, a Wheeler, uh, you know, as your number one pitcher? Uh, let's see what that allowed them to do. I mean, first pick for them was Aaron Judge, right? Aaron Judge, you know, 35-plus home runs. Uh, Goldschmidt uh, now on St. Louis. Uh, Tommy Pham was the third pick. A lot of people high on Tommy Pham. Uh, some power, some speed. Uh, now with the Rays. And then uh, the f- fourth round, their fourth pick, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And uh, let me take it aside with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Did you see that video of him that the people posted uh, on uh, on Twitter? Of him just like walking out as he was walking out. He, it was just, it was simple. He was just walking out of the, the clubhouse. And I didn't realize what a, a big man he was, you know? He's a real big guy. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. it's... He's a DH waiting to happen, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he's not, yeah. He's not staying. He's an awful third baseman. He's not staying in the field. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I mean, once again, they didn't have. Um, when I say big, I'm kind of you know I don't want to say. Uh, I was almost like surprised at how big he was, and I don't mean like you know muscular big. Now the guy, look, he's a hitting machine and whatnot, but like I'd be like a little worried. Like if if, if I was a uh, you know uh, if I had a dynasty team, looking at him physically, uh, I think I'd rather have Elo Jimenez than than, than the Guerrero. I know that they play two different positions and whatnot, but it's just a little concerning. Uh, just the eye test. Oh, and, and it should be. It should be concerning because <laughs> he's not in the great. He's not in the greatest shape. You mentioned he's a hitting machine, and mm-hmm. he's got that gene from his dad, and it's fantastic. Because Lord knows his dad was fun to watch. His dad never met a pitch he didn't, he didn't like to swing at. Uh, yeah, and he's got that gene. You know, he he can hit, but mm-hmm. you know he's uh, a big man's putting it nicely. I mean, he's at, he's not in the greatest shape. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying he's, to be polite. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's trying to probably. He's got a very big backside. And mm-hmm. uh, that's a big booty, boys and girls. All right, he's got a big caboose, <laughs> uh, and uh, he, he's not going to be able to play the field. He's just not going not not have any. Yeah, kind of long range. term, you're right. Long term, he looks like a DH. Long term, he's a DH. I mean, maybe a first baseman, but that's that's sort of downgrading first baseman. You know, so denigrating I guess, first baseman when you think anybody can just play first base. He'd have some problems there as well. You know, so uh, that's going to be the issue there. He's going to hit. Uh, I'm. Mm-hmm. They're not going to start him. They're going to wait a couple of weeks, you know, so we get they get that extra year, blah, 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 whatever. The Super blah, blah, blah. 2, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Super 2, right. So it's, it's idiotic, mm-hmm. but they're going to wait that. But you're talking, would it shock me if he hits 40 home runs this year? It wouldn't. For a bunch mm-hmm. of reasons. One, the ball flies wow, out of the Wow, 40, rocks, huh? Okay. Yeah. Which, All right. the man can hit. The ball flies out of that ballpark, and they're mm-hmm. a terrible team, so they're going to be trailing. There's going to be a lot of seven, you know, they're trailing seven to two. He has a home run in the eighth inning because teams are going to pitch to him because they're going to be up five, six runs. They're not going to care. About a solo home run, you know they're just not going to catch. He's going to get pitched to. But uh, I love the player, love the like I said, mm-hmm. he can hit. But as far as ba- the real baseball world, yeah, position's going to be a problem. And he's not the only one. That was discussed with a friend of mine last night, Alonzo of the Mets, and where they're going to end up playing him. You know, once again, is he a DH? Where are you going to happen? Same thing. Guys can't feel. But uh, yeah, hey, so a little not n- over. news uh, brief that the, uh, what are the Mets going to say? But they say, "Wow, he, his defense looks like it's improved." <laughs> and you know, with that hitting tool, uh, you know, the Mets are going to have what Todd Frazier. Uh, is there, that's what who's penciled in as their opening day first baseman. But I would love to see uh, Alonso, uh, you know, get his shot this year. I mean, I, uh, I told I told a friend. I think Alonso should get his shot. I think uh, you need to mm-hmm. see your prospects fail. Before you give up mm-hmm. on them, uh, I don't care. I mean, I really don't care if the Mets say his defense has improved. What are they going to say? Oh my God, mm-hmm. this guy sucks. This guy has hands of stone. You know, he can't move. Of course, he can't yeah, catch I know. yeah. Of course, they're not okay. going to say that. So they're going to say it's improved. Uh, it's mm-hmm. funny. Uh, another guy, person. I don't know who this person is, but I'll have to look up if he's in the industry or not. But the, uh, according to him, scouts have said that Alonzo's defense has improved immensely. Which I find mm-hmm. interesting because I haven't read any of these reports that his scout uh, that his defense has improved. Okay, uh, I see who it is. It's uh, a, a Mets beat writer for MLB.com. So I assume he's right about some scouts. But you know, the first scout I looked at was Keith Law and what he uh, rated. And he still hasn't rated as a 40 defender who's once again a DH waiting to happen, probably have to play in the American League. But that being mm-hmm. said, I think he still needs to prove that. That he can't catch that at the major league level. I think he needs to play. But my problem with Alonzo and the Mets is this. All right, you got Frazier at third, Rosario at short, Cano at second, and you sign Jed Lowry. Uh, if you're playing Alonzo at first, that means one of those guys I just mentioned and not Rosario. So one of Frazier, Cano, and Lowry has to sit every game. Mm-hmm. Every, that's gonna, someone's not going to be happy. 
And generally, you know, if Alonso gets off to any kind of a slow start, you're going to see Lowry at third, Rosario at short, Cano at second, Todd Frazier at first. That's, that's just what's going to happen. They're going to, they always, it seems like every team always gives the benefit of the doubt to the veteran, not the mm-hmm, rookie. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think that's what's going to happen. That's why I didn't like the signing of Lowry for the Mets. I would have preferred them not sign Lowry. I understand it gives you great depth. You know, and, if it, and as soon as an injury happens, this problem solves itself, right? So that's great when right. the injury happens. But until then, someone's unhappy. I would have, I just would have liked to have seen Alonzo play. You know, granted, you find out in mid-May he can't catch. He is terrible at first base. He can't move. He has no range. Well, then you know. You know, then you know. And then, then you can try and move him to an American League team eventually, you know, and mm-hmm. see what you can get for him. You know, especially if he's, hit, if he's hitting home runs. But until then, I want to see the kid play. And it's, it's just the way I am. I mean, you want core certainty? You want to save on the, uh, the cap and don't have to pay all these gazillion dollars? Find out if your kids can play. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the, another guy you didn't mention on the Mets, since we're talking Mets for a second, McNeil, Jeff McNeil, you know, came up, uh, had a decent second half for the Mets, and uh, they're having him, uh, they're penciling him in as uh, their left fielder uh, against uh, righties. And uh, basically, so he, I mean, he hasn't played uh, the outfield since his college days, but uh, I liked what I saw out of him last year. So Mets have a lot of moving parts. It's going to be an interesting team. You see them improving a lot. I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, experts uh, think they've made some some changes that are really going to help uh, them bounce back. I think the Mets have improved immensely. I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like the Mets. I'm not saying yeah, I agree too. with the moves. Mm-hmm. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with the moves that BVW made, mainly because you've sort of mortgaged the future. I mean, these prospects he gave up are legit prospects. You know, Seattle did well in that deal to get Kalanick and uh, I forget the other guy's name, uh, and trade Diaz and Cano, and that's the salary you took on. You know, mm-hmm. the, um, once again, talking to a friend of mine, he's a big Mets fan. He's not in the industry, but he's very knowledgeable. Uh, he hates it, the deals, because he, he feels the same way, you know, see what the kids could have done here. So I think it depends, as a Met fan, how you look at it. You know, if you wanted to become good, better right away, well, you are. Mm-hmm. You are. Adding Cano, adding Diaz, adding these players, you are much better than you, uh, than you were last year. I think you are a playoff contender. I said the Mets, Phillies, Braves, Nationals, they're going to kill each other in the National League East. You know, they really, if they truly are, it's going to be a fun division to watch here. That Mets pitching staff yes. is legit. You know, Syndergaard, DeGrom, Wheeler, uh, Mats. You know, yeah, I was, Mats making a comeback. You know, <laughs> right. If these guys between them, all right, you'd like 120 starts. That'd be, that'd be in a perfect world, right? All right, that's not going to happen. But, but if they can make somewhere around triple digits, somewhere around 100 starts, uh, it wouldn't shock if they win that division. Wouldn't shock mm-hmm. me at all. They still have some problems. They don't believe in defense. That's fairly obvious, right? Alonzo at first base. You mentioned McNeil going to the outfield where he's never played. They don't believe in defense. And they haven't for years. <laughs> you know, they, they've sacrificed that. They haven't had, when was the last time the Mets had a center fielder? I mean, a true center fielder. It's been a long time. Ligaris was sort Tommy of that player, but he can't stay healthy. <laughs> it, yeah, right? Mookie Wilson. Uh, you know, it's, it's been a long time here. They, they So they're going with the strikeouts. At the Groms, and they go, these guys are all going to strike out. You know, maybe uh, 35%, 40% of the batters they face. Maybe that works out. Maybe it doesn't. But I think they're an improved team. I do. Uh, they still have issues on offense. I said, I don't believe in Todd Frazier. I don't. You know, uh, <laughs> that sort of thing. McNeil. Sad. Uh- you, you got to love him just, you know, from his, uh, uh, you know, the, the way he carries himself. Uh, but uh, oof, this guy really, I mean, home run or bust. Yeah, that's what he is. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. what he is. That's why, once again, uh, 
Uh, McNeil, I would have liked to see McNeil get a shot too. I wouldn't have traded for Cano, even though I, I, I admit mm-hmm. Cano's a better player at this point. But McNeil, you said it. He sort of came out of nowhere for the Mets. I mean, mm-hmm. he wasn't mm-hmm. ever really a top prospect, but all of a sudden he can hit. Yeah. I would have liked for them to have seen what he could do. Once again, right. for certainty, he could have been your second baseman. We didn't have to worry about this. Or even your third baseman. You know, uh, So I would have liked to have seen that. Now they're moving him to the outfield, which means he's not going to be getting those infield reps. It's just strange. With the, how the Mets do go about things is strange sometimes. But that being said, I think they're a much better team this season. I think they will be in the wild card hunt, if not the, the hunt of a division lead. You know, they get, uh, They're a team that's, in my mind, equivalent to the Nationals. It's very, it's very close. Petty staff is really... They're both very good. The offense without Harper and the Nationals is about – I would give the edge to the Nationals, but it's not a huge edge there. It's not. Right. So uh, I, th- I think, it's, like I said, I think it's gonna, this division, if you're a baseball fan, is going to be so much fun to watch. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, but we kind of got a little off track, and I, you know, I was just taking a look at uh, the uh, Fangraph's uh, labor team. right? So they got Judge, Goldsmith, Pham, and Guerrero, and then in the fifth round they took Wheeler. I mean uh, – in sacrificing going for, let's say, the uh, prototypical ace, right? I mean, do you, do you think it was worth it by by putting together, you know, so Judge, you pencil in for 35 home runs, Goldschmidt 30, what, uh, Fam, you know, 25 maybe, and maybe another 15 steals. And, uh, you know, you pencil in Guerrero, you said he could uh, 40. I would say maybe 25 is more what he could give you. But was it worth it, you think, to, to hold off on pitching? I mean, can you do it? Well, I can tell you one thing. Fangraphs did not take Guerrero in round four for 25 home runs. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They're expecting 440. Right. Yeah, that, that, that's fairly obvious. You don't draft anybody. Well, Steamer has him for about him. 22. <laughs> yeah, he's, he'll hit 22 in a month. All right, this, mm-hmm. this is what the guy does. He, he's going to hit home runs. Uh, the problem with taking Wheeler as your first pitcher is he had to follow him up next with uh, David Price. Then he went through a little. You always have to take a lot of pitches after that. They didn't go pitching heavy at all. I'm looking at their roster here. Yeah, uh, they're gonna yeah. have problems in the, in the pitching. They're gonna have a lot of problems in the pitching department. They, I'm wondering if this will, we we have to ask, but I wonder if this is their strategy to go hitting over pitching. Yeah. All right. Well, we come back another team that uh, went hitting over pitching in labor, and we'll continue breaking down some fantasy baseball. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Roto Experts in the morning. A credence bringing us back. Like credence there, uh, George? With John Fogarty? Yeah, I'm a, C- I'm a CCR and a John Fogarty guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fogarty, uh, we'll be thinking about his song in a couple of weeks, right? Uh, Center field, right? Put me in, coach. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, we were talking uh, fantasy baseball, talking uh, about a couple of teams in the labor draft that uh, uh, held off on taking pitching. Uh, 
till the uh, uh, we had the uh, Fangraphs team that waited to the fifth round. Uh, quick look at uh, Scott Pianowski from uh, Yahoo Sports. He waited till uh, let's see the sixth round before he took his first pitch. It took Miles Mikulas. Uh, Love the, the, the Miles Mikolas story uh, from last season. Uh, came back to the majors after spending uh, uh, three seasons in Japan and really polished his craft there. Not really a prototypical, you know, uh, pitcher where he doesn't strike out many, right? Only uh, six and a half strikeouts per nine last year. But the control uh, was his thing. Uh, really developed that while he was overseas. Uh, 1.3 walk per nine. Uh, 18 and four last season, point. ERA. Uh, do you think we're going to see, I mean, I guess we're going to have to see a little bit of regression probably, right? But uh, do you think that he could maintain at least, uh, you know, to, to be an, an effective pitcher, uh, you know, without uh, major league hitters catching up to him this season there, George? Uh, I mean, listen, he went in what, round six here for uh, Scott. We look at Scott's team. This must yeah. have been a strategy to wait because once mm-hmm. again, he didn't take pitches after that either. I mean, right. he took all, his first pitcher in round six, his next pitcher not to around 11. So this had to mm-hmm. be a strategy of Scott, which is funny because when I, when I look at his team, it looks like players just fell to him and he had to take them, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, J.D. Martinez round one, Bregman round two, Ben Attendee round three, Correa round four. I have no problem with taking those guys, none. You mm-hmm. know, I think they all are a good value. What do you think about Correa this uh, year, by the way? I mean, you know, he burst onto the scene a couple of years ago. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to steal bases the way we thought he would, you know, but the power bat, I think, is there. What, what are you thinking about Correa? I, I like I think he has a bounce back here. Right, so yeah. I have no okay. problem calling his career either. Uh, you're right about the stolen bases, but that, that's really throughout baseball. No one steals mm-hmm. bases anymore. And it's just uh, it's still the sabermetrics that you have to be, you know, the teams don't want to give up that out because they don't want to lose the home run. You know, the chance mm-hmm. for the home run thing, a two-run homer is more important than the uh, stolen base for a single. You know, because uh, mainly it seems, it seems to be easier to hit a home run than it does to hit a single nowadays. So I think that plays into it here. So I have, <laughs> I think Correa does bounce back. I think he's going to have a, a okay. fine year. Uh, Scott got him around four. I think his ADP right now is 57 or something silly like that. Uh, so I, I think he, he bounced back. I think he'll be fine. Health. Stay healthy. I mean, the last two years, he's missed about 50 games a year. He's got, he mm-hmm. has to stay healthy. You know, hopefully he's above that, but I have no problem with the pick. As far as Mikolos is concerned, like I said, for Scott, so I'm not denigrating Scott's team. I assume this was a strategy of his. Now, Scott's a very good player. There's no, uh, I think he had a certain strategy coming in, or things just didn't work out. And once he took a whole bunch of hitters, he said, screw it. I'm going to keep taking hitters and dominate those categories. I'll worry about pitching during the year, which is uh, something I, I can't do, but it can be done as long as you're going to pay a lot of attention and you can get the right moves during the season, get the right guys, the hot guys coming out. Mikolos. He's a big man. You know, he's 6'5", 220. You know, he's going to be 31 years old during the season. Uh, you mentioned he pitched overseas. Uh, people thought that he might be good last year, but not to the degree that he was. You know, can he do it again? There'll be a lot of film on him now. You know, people watching him, seeing, uh, you know, what his tendencies are, what he likes to throw. You know, this is not a guy who, you know, has a blazing fastball. He throws the ball decently hard, uh, about 90, almost a little less than 94 miles an hour. Uh, but I think... Man, um, I, there's no way I want him as my starting pitcher one. I have him as a starting pitcher three. You know, he's on that, that three-four mm-hmm. border actually of a SP there. So, 
I trust them to a degree. I think St. Louis is going to be a good team again, so I like that. I think St. Louis, the Brewers, and the Cubs are the class of that division. Reds are coming on as well. Pirates aren't a terrible team, but they have some issues now. But it's a, it is a tough division here, so I think that hurts them as well. The ballpark is neutral, so I'm not really worried about that. So I do like the player, but if you're asking me if I expect a 2.83 ERA again and a 1.07 whip, no, no. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't yeah. expect that. I think the ERA goes up maybe a half run, maybe three quarters of a run. You know, and I, for where I'm drafting him, by the way, Joe, I wouldn't complain about that. If I thought he was right. going to be 2.83 and 1.07 again, I'd have him as a top 15 pitcher. I don't. You know, so I'm expecting the, those uh, those numbers. He went 18 and four. We know wins can be a little finicky. Uh, so I expected the numbers to regress a little bit. Not regret. I think when we hear the word regress, we think, oh, bad. Regress just means he's not going to have the fantastic year he had last year. I think he'll have a good year. So I'm not afraid to take him, but I'm not taking him expecting last year's numbers. Yeah, yeah, it kind of almost reminds me of uh, what uh, Hendricks, Kyle Hendricks from the Cubs. You know, a guy not not really overpowering, just you know, you know, kind of a control pitcher, uh, but uh, just gets the job done. I mean, Hendricks isn't the pitcher that he was just a few years ago, but uh, you know, I'm with you. I think that he's going to be successful this year, uh, Mikolas will. But I mean, you can't. If if you see a little bit of regression, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, uh, so uh, that's that. And I, I don't want to get off of pitching before we talk about. Uh, you know, we uh, Yankees uh, had some news yesterday where CC Sabathia uh, announced that this would be his last season in the major leagues. And uh, you know, you and I are very familiar with CC Sabathia. Came onto the Yankees, signed him, uh, helped them win a World Series in in two thousand nine. And I guess uh, you know, became over the years became like a real leader in that clubhouse there, uh, George. And I guess uh, it was never more evident than uh, you know last season when uh, you know, he was uh, faced with that. Uh, he needed to pitch seven innings in a game late last season against the Rays in order for a $500,000 bonus to kick in. And he uh, intentionally hit a, a Rays player just to you know, get back on, uh, you know, you know, a little retaliation to back up his team, and he didn't care that uh, that he you know, he ended up getting uh, ejected from the game and missing the uh, the that bonus by two innings. And uh, the Yankees ended up. I think they paid him the 500k anyway. But uh, that kind of tells you that you know that the kind of guy he was in that clubhouse, kind of like a, a team guy, you know, and a, and a leader. And by by the way, at third overall in career strikeouts by a lefty pitcher behind uh, Randy Johnson and uh, Steve Carlton. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to CC, what you said last year about him, what he did, he was completely correct. Uh, the Yankee player got drilled. I forget who it was. It was obviously on purpose. And CC came back the next inning and drilled uh, the Rays. And mm-hmm. uh, as he's walking mm-hmm. off, he said, "That's for you, bitch." Uh, you know, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he let he let him know that that was on purpose. Mm-hmm. There was no doubt mm-hmm. that was on purpose. He was doing it to get back. And as you said, the fact that he did it. I'm not going to say he definitely knew, but I'm sure he knew that he was going to miss that bonus. You know, mm-hmm. 500000 a CC may not mean much. He's made a gazillion dollars in his life. But still, to right. do that was, in my mind, extremely impressive. The Yankees did do the right thing. They paid him anyway, uh, that bonus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was good all around. I am not a, a proponent, Joe, of drilling people. I am not. You know, I think, I think mm-hmm. it's idiotic that, player, that pitchers drill hitters on purpose. You know, I mentioned I did pitch, and yes, every now and then you might. I don't think I ever. I don't think I ever hit anybody on purpose, but yeah, I definitely threw inside to back people off or send a message. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think I ever hit anybody on purpose. I mean, and I wasn't throwing anywhere near as hard as these guys are. You can ruin somebody's career. You can kill somebody. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's just 
I, I don't like it, especially in the American League where the pitches don't hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're because if I'm a hitter, and you know, and my pitcher <laughs> drills somebody, and now I'm getting hit because he did it because he doesn't step up in the plate. I'm pissed, and I'm talking to that right. guy in the clubhouse. You know, he said, if you ain't got the guts, you know, you don't have to go stand, stand up there. Then stop doing that crap. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, this thing is it. You got to go from the shortstop to second baseman, and now this guy's coming in spikes high, trying to send me into left field. You know, I said I'm ticked off. You know, and that, that's generally how that that sort of stuff ends, by the way. So uh, I thought what CC did was great. I did. Uh, he did. He, did, he announced his retirement uh, yesterday. You know, uh, I think the question now will, will be after he retires, is he a Hall of Famer? I was going to ask you that, yeah. And personally, I think he is. Uh, you know, one of the few guys that, uh, you know, he's basically, uh, we'll call him the last of the Mohicans in terms of you know, a guy that just every season gave you, you know, 230 uh, innings pitched. I mean, you look at what he did uh, when he got traded midseason from Cleveland to Milwaukee. That run uh, in 2008, you know, he was 11-2 uh, and in 17 starts. Uh Took the ball uh, and short rest, three days rest, uh, you know, more than once. Um, and then, uh, you know, he had that uh, that period 2009 to 2011 where he won, uh, you know, 19 games twice and another 21 games. Helped uh, lead the Yankees to a World Series. When you look at his uh, overall career ERA, I mean, 3.7 is very good. I mean, it's not, you know, uh, lights out, but, you know, pitching 19 years, it's uh, definitely uh, something, uh, you know, it's definitely, you know, worth noting. And he's going to have over three. 3,000 strikeouts at the end of his career. And, uh, you know, for a period, he was considered probably one of the top, uh, what, you know, uh, three pitchers in baseball, you know, at his peak, you know. And uh, what do you consider his peak? Maybe, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe 2007 to 2011 or 12? I don't know. Uh, I know you're a tough grader when it comes to Hall of Famers, George, but what do you think? Well, you said it. I am. I am a tough grader. In my mind, if I have to think about it, you're not in. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. that simple. I think it's it's for the great of the great. And I listen. I like CC. I do. I like mm-hmm. him a lot. But I'm probably not putting him in. I mean, like I said, for me, it's it's the greatest of the great. Uh, I, I've mm-hmm. said before. I would take guys out before I put them in. So uh, for me, uh, probably more than likely not. You know. That being said, do I think he's better than some of the pitchers who've gotten in? I do. You know, I, I do. <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned all the relevant numbers. He's going to have more than 250 wins. I, I know wins isn't really a uh, – it really isn't any kind of judgment on anything. But uh, as far as the, the sexy numbers we like, he's got 246 now. He'll have around 255, 260 when it all ends here. You mentioned he will have over 3,000 strikeouts. He's 14 short. Uh, that, that sort of is a magic number. It's not a big-time magic number, but it's still a magic number. The innings pitched, mm-hmm. you know, he'll have about 3,500, 3,600. Well, not 36, but uh, no, he could have 36, yeah. He'll have about 3,600 innings pitched. That's impressive. Uh, everything you said is true. I mean, he's been a warrior. He's taken the ball on three days. He's done really whatever you could have asked. We, we just discussed what kind of teammate he is. So I, I like mm-hmm. CC a lot, a whole lot. But the problem is it's just, it's just how I judge things. You know, I, listen, I'm, I'm a Yankee fan. I wouldn't have put Mike Wasina in either. Even though I give yeah, I was going to ask you about so him. Credit. Believe it or not, the numbers so are fairly credit. close. They are. And I, 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 and I would give Wasina a little bump because he pitched him, uh, his entire career in the American League East. Yeah, it's Yankee Stadium. It's uh, Fenway mm-hmm. Park. 
That's Camden Yards, Toronto, where all the ball flies out of all these ballparks, so it's tougher. And generally, mm-hmm. I think through his whole career, I know he pitched for the Yankees, but the Yankees in Boston were always very good teams. Tough to face them when you're mm-hmm. facing him 19 times, you know, when your team's facing him 19 times a year. But I don't think he was a Hall of Famer, famer either. You know, I just mm-hmm. think when it comes down to it, you know, if I, if I need somebody for one game, I'm not taking either one of these guys. There are plenty of other Hall of Famers that would take above them easily. What I've been thinking about these two. They were very good pitchers in their time. I don't think they were the greatest of the great. I don't. So that's what beside, But that being said, I fully admit, I am a tough grader. I know that. This is, and this is all sports. You know, I think, I think you need to be the greatest of the great to get into the Hall of Fame. I will say this. For the players who have gotten in over the past 5, 10 years, yeah, CC is a Hall of Famer. Musina is a Hall of Famer. But I wouldn't put them in my Hall of Fame. I can't do it. Yeah. You know, so I was looking uh, at Jack Morris's numbers. I think he had like a, a 3.9 ERA, if I'm not mistaken. And I guess you have to take a look at, uh, you know, the era that these guys played in, whether or not, uh, you know, and I tried to bring it up when I was talking about CC that, you know, the, the, the period of uh, time that he was considered one of the top-notch pitchers uh, in baseball. And, you know, look, uh, the guys that we're talking about, like Musina and CC, uh, they played through the, uh, the steroid era, right? They're old enough to have played through that. And, but, the, you know, then you take a look at, you know, if you compare them to, let's say, a Bob Gibson, I have Bob Gibson's numbers over here. You know, 251 wins, you know, uh, a 2.91 career ERA and uh, 3,117 strikeouts. But, you know, he, you know, he played from 59 uh, and he retired in, in 75. But, you know, it was a it was a different era. Right. And then, you know, uh, the baseball expansion too. you take into consideration, uh, you know, the it's just like a, a, a different time. But uh, so, I mean, I respect what you say in terms of, you know, I feel that the Baseball Hall of Fame uh, is definitely watered down and uh, you don't want to disparage anybody. But, and you know, it's the whole very talk, good. Uh, yeah. I mean, when a guy and, and now we're talking hitters now, right? I mean, if Harold Baines, uh, how oh, does this God. guy, you know, I mean, uh, he was a very nice player. But uh, I don't know, a 289 uh, batting average, and uh, you know he he doesn't hit any of the, the the magical numbers for me. You know, he doesn't have the 400 home runs. Uh, it just it, you know a very very nice player. You know, and I, I think that if you put Harold Baines in there, how could you justify not having a Fred McGriff in there? You know, so. Uh, You, you, listen, you know how I feel. It's the Hall of Very mm-hmm. Good. Uh, I'd, I'd given mm-hmm. up on the Hall of Fame years ago. So uh, mm-hmm. the, the Harold Baines thing didn't push me over the edge. I just laughed at that. And I liked Harold Baines. Yeah. He's a nice hitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah nice, certainly a hitter you'd want on your team. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as I heard that he made the Hall of Fame, I just started to laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I just started to, to, to laugh. He got in there. But you mentioned before, because he got in there before Edgar Martinez. I mean, that, yeah, that's a joke. Yeah. You know that that's just a joke uh, that that happened here, and there's many other players there. I mean, it's it's idiotic. Like I said, it's all political now. It's all who you know, who you can get in. You know, it's just I, I've given up on it. And like I said, this is not just baseball. This is football. You know, uh, hockey to a lesser extent. Hockey hasn't totally screwed it up yet, but they'll they'll get there. Yeah, they all do. You know, these things where uh, somebody has to get in every year. Listen, no, they don't. You get in if you deserve to get in. You know, if nobody mm-hmm. gets in in a year, then guess what? Yeah, Canton's going to be a little quiet that year. 
you know, or, or whatever. I just think it's, it's silly. I truly just think it's silly. Uh, and I used to love it. You know, I, but I don't now. I don't get I get upset about the Hall of Fame. I don't get upset about these the Cy Young voting, the MVP voting. I understand what it the is. The All Star Game. Is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that 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 I've given up a long time ago. You know, yeah, yeah, as soon right. as you heard that a player from every team has to get in, well then it's not an All Star Game anymore. Okay, mm-hmm. it's not. You know, because you're not you're not having the best players anymore. It's just all the stuff. It's just it's just for talking points. I'll 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 talk about it forever. I'll debate about it forever. But to say that it mm-hmm. upsets me, no, I've given up on it. Yes or no, did it bother you that uh, um, Mariano got in uh, as a unanimous, with a unanimous vote at all? The funny thing is I thought they could have, uh, if they wanted to, they did. They could have uh, had an excuse not to put uh, Rivera in unanimously. Right. We'll come back, talk more baseball. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. heard Judas Priest in a while. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Go to Experts in the Morning. You got uh, Joe Galena. Follow me at Joe Galena. Follow my buddy George Kurtz at uh, George Kurtz. What's going on, George? You a big uh, fan of uh, Judas Priest? I mean, I like... I like Judas Priest, uh, a couple of their songs. I wouldn't call myself a big fan, though. No. They certainly wouldn't be in my top mm-hmm. 25 or top, maybe not even top 50. But uh, I do like a couple of their songs. Yeah, Breaking the Law is a good, a good tune. Uh, not certain, mm-hmm. uh, <coughs> excuse me, not one I mind listening to. Yeah. Uh, Ozzy uh, had some health issues the, this week, right? But uh, it sounded like he was uh, unfortunately on his way out. But it looks like he's rebounded. I think he's uh, kind of breathing on his own. That's good. I mean, that's an, uh, an Ozzy is another uh, group by uh, Black Sabbath or Ozzy uh, Solo. Mm-hmm. I like. Mm-hmm. I don't love. I'm not mm-hmm. a huge uh, Ozzy fan. I've never. You seen like him better concert. solo or with uh, Black Sabbath? I probably say solo, but I like I like Black mm-hmm. Sabbath too. It's close. It's not a clear cut for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like like them both. Uh, I've got their both a uh, bunch of CDs from both guys, from both bands. But uh, yeah, you certainly hope he's okay. He's, he's a guy who I admit mm-hmm. I'm surprised is still alive. <laughs> Him, Keith Richards, right? But Keith Richards, uh, uh, Keith Richards is legally he, dead in about thirty-seven states. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just looks. He has this tough look to him, though, right? Doesn't look like he's going anywhere. You know, if you play in a Deadpool, you should be able to collect on Keith Richards. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, you're kind of surprised at Ozzy. Uh, thank God he's still around. But uh, he's uh, really reinvented himself over the years, right? You know, the, with his uh, MTV shows. And then he has a show, with, I think, with his son, too, where they travel around and whatnot. So uh, our best wishes to Ozzy Osbourne. I like his music a lot, you know. But, uh, hey, I just want to remind people we got uh, uh, Ryan Hallam is going to be joining us uh, in the next hour talking about his draft strategy. He's going to be in the uh, Tout Wars uh, draft that uh, takes place uh, uh, tomorrow. It's uh, 
uh, no trade. It's kind of like a best ball format uh, in, in uh, fantasy baseball. So hey, uh, we were talking about some of the players that have received uh, some, you know, we started the show with some uh, players that have received some contract extension. One guy I just wanted to mention, because uh, I want to get your take on him, is uh, Whit Merrifield. Uh, eligible uh, at second base and outfield, according to NFBC. Uh, overall, ADP, according to NFBC, is 30, taken with the 29th pick overall uh, by Prospect 361's Tim McLeod, who really knows his stuff. That's uh, the second-to-last pick of the second round of the uh, labor draft. That's, uh, remember, that's a 15-teamer. And uh, Merrifield got a four-year, $16.25 million extension uh, last year. 304 batting average, 12 home runs, uh, 60 runs better. And I think he led the the majors, uh, not the well, at least the American League with 45 stolen bases and had 34 uh, the previous season. So the, here's the way his the way his works out is he's going to be getting a, a could this be a, a million in 19, 25 million, uh, 21, 6.75 million, 22, 2.75 million, and a 23 gets a club option uh, for 10.5 million? Man, talk about, uh, uh, you know, uh, owner friendly. Man, I have to double check because that just yeah. doesn't seem right. But <laughs> I didn't understand the deal either. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, for Merrifield goes, I said earlier, if I'm a pitcher, I could get it. You know, I yeah. understand. All right. I'm signing a deal to protect my long-term health and make sure my financial uh, future is secure. If I'm a hitter, especially this deal, I, I, I don't understand. Uh, is, is something going on here that we didn't – as far as I thought about it, is there something going on here that I, we don't know about? There was right, enough, right. Right. It wasn't enough here for me to sign this deal. I mm-hmm. mean, if I was Merrifield, I certainly would have waited. I would have bet on myself more. Yeah, you know, I don't think it yeah. was worth it here. Uh, I don't think you the security that you were really hoping for here. Um, I mean, because you're not making the big money until four years down the line anyway. Yeah. Right? So you might, if you, that, at guess, that point, I'm waiting. I, bottom line is I wouldn't have signed this deal. Right, yeah. Cost of living in KC must be pretty cheap, but still, I, I think I'm worth more than a million dollars this upcoming season, especially with the kind of numbers I, I've put up. Uh, and uh, for fantasy, I mean, you know, uh, he's a multi-position eligible and a, a guy that uh, you could count on probably for at least 30 stolen bases uh, this season. So, um, yeah, But uh, one of the th- things I was reading about this, and uh, he kind of seemed like he's the kind of guy – that if he's got like a, a arbitration hearing, you know, hanging over his head, it just like weighs on him. So it seemed like he said that you know the the psychological ex, uh, aspect uh, of signing this extension gave him almost like peace. And I'm paraphrasing, you know, but uh, yeah, we'll see. But uh, so, so what do you think about him? I mean, you look at his, uh, his uh, 2018 numbers. Uh, you know, if you look at the uh, MLB expecting batting average, they say that his uh, 304 average uh, basically is more like you know close to 280. Or so uh, his home runs went down from uh, from 19 uh, the season before to 12, uh, even though his hard hit rate went up uh, from 30 to 36. Interesting note is that he stole more bases in the second half. He had 17 in the first half last season and 28 in the second half. Usually, you know, you got to slow down, especially as a stolen uh, base kind of guy. Uh, but uh, is uh, Hits the ball evenly to all fields. Uh, OBP uh, went up based on a little bit better of a walk, uh, you know, uh, walk rate that he had. Uh, what are you thinking about uh, Merrifield? And in terms of is he a guy that you target? You know, is that ADP a little bit too high for you? 
Well, I mean, when you're drafting Merrifield, you're drafting for stolen bases. All right, that's what you're drafting him for. Uh, everything else is gravy. Yeah. Anything else he gives you mm-hmm. is gravy. I want those stolen bases. You mentioned last two years he stole 79 bases. So that's he's averaging 40 a year. That's fantastic. In this day and age, that's gold. That's just gold. We need yeah. that. The the fact that he doesn't hurt your average even better. He might even help your average a little bit. You know. So uh, yeah, I'll be interested. The problem for me is this: uh, when I draft, I generally don't draft for stolen bases. Generally, you know, when mm-hmm. I'm just taking a pure stolen base guy. Uh, when it comes to a draft, I sort of believe in. All right, I'm not going to finish at the top of the first base uh, category, but I don't want to finish at the bottom either. I want to finish somewhere in the middle. You know, I'll make up my point someplace else. So uh, I'm not going to draft. You just want to show up. (laughs) I want to be average. It's one of the. I just want to be average. I don't want to get one point or two points. You know, I want to get five, six, and I'm a happy guy. I'm a happy guy because that's what I drafted for. I also believe you can find speed during the year. It's easy to find speed. It's easier to find speed during the year than it is power. You know, so I'll I'll get it later. Now, yeah, we'd all like to draft guys early on that could give us power and speed. You know, that mm-hmm. that's great if you can do that. You know, obviously you want Mike Trout, Betts, who's going to steal bases. There's a reason why these guys are first-round picks. You know, Trey Turner, mm-hmm. if you can get him, fine. But uh, it's very difficult. But I – with Merrifield, I mean, if he was still hitting – if you believe he's going to hit 20 home runs, well, then you're taking him. Right, because now he's, mm-hmm. he's giving you some power as well. Uh, we know what's stolen bases. We know the average are there. He he should score enough runs to make you happy. Not a lot. It's Kansas City. What are you expecting? You know. So I do like the player more than most guys who I would consider speed guys because he's not a complete zero in the other categories. You know what I mean? Right. Sometimes you get these speed guys mm-hmm. here. They'll steal bases, but they're gonna hit three home runs for you, and they just kill you. Mm-hmm. I know with Merrifield, I'm getting double digit home runs. The question is, where am I double digits? What do you believe? If it's twelve again. You know, that puts him probably around seven, round eight for me. If it's 20, oh, now you're talking around five. I can even be talking to round four because I can take right. him. He's not going to hurt these other categories, and I know my stolen bases are now locked up. With him alone, I'm guaranteed my middle range. You know, and now I might change my strategy a little bit, Joe. And if I've got him, maybe I had another speed guy to see if I can be on one of the top leaders at stolen bases. Gotcha. Great analysis. So, I mean, so are you interested in him? I mean, I have him, you know, I was taking a look at his numbers and, you know, expected and all this stuff. And I'm thinking that maybe he could, I mean, is it going to give you a good batting average, probably upper 280 range, maybe to 290. I give him a little bit of a, an uptick in the home runs because of that hard hit rate going up a little bit. Maybe not the 19 from last year, maybe 14, 15. I have him, you know, maybe lower 30 uh, steals. So, I mean, uh, you know, he's someone that I'd be interested in. Uh, second round, though, eh, I don't know. Uh, it, it might be a little soon. I can't take him second round. Yeah, I yeah, can't. Yeah. Uh, well, mm-hmm. once keep in mind, this is a 15-team league, so, you know, it's uh, mm-hmm. 30 picks in the first two rounds. So you can make an argument that he was really a third-round pick, which is getting closer to where I think he should go. Yeah. But yeah. even then, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still, he went, what, 29th. So that is, in most leagues, the middle of the uh, third round. Uh, but I, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a fourth-round guy for him. But one thing I, before what I said earlier, now, he's not mm-hmm. really, right now, I wouldn't say he's on my radar. Because he's going to go earlier, I believe, than where I, where I want him. But, as I said, mm-hmm. he's there late fourth round. All of a sudden, he slipped me. I have him. This is what I mean by when you have to adjust your strategy. You know, when you can go into a draft with one strategy, but you never know how it's going to play out. You know, you have to be able to adjust on the fly here. And that's what I, you know, I wouldn't have any plans on drafting Merrifield because I assume he's going to go top 30, top 34 picks. And I don't want to take him to the top, you know, around late, a top 45. 
What if he lands mm-hmm. to me? Well, now I have taken a speed guy. And I mentioned, now I might change my mind and draft another speed guy. Because I've got yeah. one, now I, I, I can do some damage in that category. So it's, you have to be able to adjust your draft strategy because things worked out differently in your favor, or so you think, than right. you thought. The right. opposite can be true as well. You know, For all we know, there's going to be a run on pitching in the first round in some leagues. You know, Five starters went. You didn't get a starter. Right. Like Scott Pianowski. You know, where all these hitters fell to you. You know, Scott, Martinez, Bregman, Bentini, Correa. They all fell to you. You felt you had to take them. And all of a sudden you're like, well, you know what? I was planning on taking two pitches in the first five rounds. Didn't work out that way. You know, and now you're changing your draft strategy. I, I, Joe, I never go into a draft thinking that I'm going to punt category, that I'm going to punt saves, that I'm going to punt speed. You know, or anything. I never go into that, but that's not to say it can't happen. You know, mm-hmm. listen, no closes fell to me. They all went too early. You know, in football, I've never gone into a football draft thinking I'm going to have a zero running back strategy. But, but it's happened. Where they, hey, all the running backs flew off the board. Wide receivers were always there. I ended up having the zero running back strategy. I didn't go into a draft planning that way, but I adjusted my strategy because of how it played out. Same in baseball, you know, where speed falls to you or speed doesn't fall to you. Saves uh, don't fall to you. Everybody, everybody went nuts and took closes in the fourth and fifth round. It happens, and you need to be able to adjust according to what's happening. Right. And you could take a look at ADPs all you want and just to realize what their average is, right? And uh, each uh, draft that you're part of has a life of its own and individuals who, who value uh, different categories of players differently than than what the, uh, the average ADP uh, it was going to, you know, put out there. So, uh, yeah, you got to be uh, flexible, right, and, and move with what's happening and just adjust. All drafts are different. And as you said, ADPs, rankings, everything Mm -hmm. is just a tool. There's not one thing Mm -hmm. that's the Bible. Oh, you have to do this. No, no. You you take it all together. Uh, ADPs, Mm -hmm. I love ADPs. I love it because it gives me an idea of where a player should go. You know, that Joe Mm -hmm. Schmo was being taken in in the top of round five in most leagues. But, hey, we all know, A, in home leagues, you know, a player's going to take people you don't expect. You know, guys that make mistakes, mm-hmm. it just happens. So, you know, you can't get all upset about that. It's, an, it's a tool. You know that, like I said, Joe Schmo is taking, on average, number 52nd overall pick. So don't take him at 24, you know. But right. I also say this. If you really want the player, you know, make, then go, go get him. Fantasy should be fun. If there's a player yes. you like, you love, yep. he's your best player, he's your, your best, whatever, mm-hmm. then go grab him. You know, I still would right. take him at 24, but you want to take him at 36? All right, it's 16 picks below that. That's fine. Um, no one's going to get mm-hmm. get on you for that. Big deal. You know, if you like I said, it should be fun. You've got certain players you like, certain teams you like, fine. But if you want to win, and once again, you follow your tools. You can't t- uh, let your fandom take over. You and I are Yankee fans. Doesn't mean we're not taking Red Sox players. All right, I want to win right. these leagues. Yankees don't pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Okay, these fantasy leagues help pay the bills. You know, so I take the best players overall. I don't care if they're on the Red Sox, the Mets, whatever. I want my the best the players that I think are the best. Just the way it is. You know, there are lots mm-hmm. of ways to go about it, but fantasy I, fantasy should be fun. You know, enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're in a home league, it's not you know not big money. And you have certain players you want, go get them. I agree. And uh, you know, in football, look like you know the upcoming season. I definitely want at least one share of Patrick Mahomes. Now I usually wait till the uh, you know middle rounds before I, I take my quarterback. But you know, in a league or two, I might uh, change 
my, my tune on that just because you know, I, you know, I want to enjoy, you know, having a Patrick Mahomes on my team. And, and let's go face it. I mean, uh, uh, he may regress a little bit, but he's still going to be a top notch performer in fantasy coming up. And uh, look, you know, if you're, you're a kind of guy or gal who wants uh, uh, to, to have uh, Vladimir Guerrero on their team, just to, you know, just to have fun in his rookie year again, you know, he's going <laughs> to perform as well. You know, get him on your team, <laughs> right? Exactly. Ex- exactly. Mm. Like I said, you know, like I said, if you're playing in the big money leagues, okay, then you got to take those more seriously. You absolutely do. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, any, any kind of really money league there. But if uh, yeah, it's just your home league, fan, friends and family league, hey, you know, uh, listen, I still take those seriously. I still want to win. But uh, I have no problem with you taking your favorite player. You know, granted, if mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're a Cowboy fan, don't take 10 Cowboys. That's kind of silly, right? And uh, even mm-hmm. even a, a great offensive team don't take ten of you know three, four, five, six players. You can't automatically default to uh, your favorite team. Uh, but once again, enjoy yourself, have fun. Uh, baseball, baseball is harder to play than football. Football is one day a week. You know, you set your line, you just let it go. Baseball is an everyday sport. You need to pay attention. It's a much harder to win a fantasy baseball league than it is a football league. It's just the way it is. But uh, mm-hmm. the most important thing for me will always be to enjoy it and have fun. That's why the game was invented. Hey, uh, in, the, in the minute or two we have left to go into commercial, uh, just saw that, uh, you know, a tweet saying that Mattingly, uh, you know, the mall is going to be bad anyway, but Mattingly says he's not going to be naming a specific closer. It just seems that there are going to be, every year it's more and more teams, uh, maybe like a closer by committee, and in a way, you know, can you blame them? I mean, I know we have only have a minute or so left, but... Uh, you know, how are you going to address the, the the closer position? I mean, are you going to go for you know a, a guaranteed guy, or are you going to try to you know get as many uh, pitchers that have the potential? We have a, a minute left uh, and potentially become a closer on their team. Yeah, I saw that tweet too by uh, Mattingly. Uh, first thing I thought of was, mm-hmm. well, you're going to win 30 games anyway. I'm not all that worried about it. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, Marlins are going to be a bad, bad team, boys and girls. Yes. Uh, I mean, like I said, that's a tough division, and they, they stripped it down, uh, which is probably the right thing to do, but they didn't get great returns on any of these guys they traded here. Got Good luck. Uh, so I don't, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not fretting over Miami. As far as the closer itself, we'll get back to that uh, after the break here and discussing mm-hmm. closer strategy here. But the basic thing for me is I want one solid closer. After that, we'll see how the draft goes. Yep. All right, so when we come back, uh, we'll talk closers. Uh, if uh, We're going to have uh, Ryan Hallam talking about his Tout Wars uh, draft strategy. And uh, maybe try to break down uh, some positions uh, in fantasy baseball. You're listening to uh, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 